If you're about to take the plunge and buy a rental property as an investment, then you won't want to miss this week's podcast because I'm talking to Claire Connolly, who's an estate agent who manages a lot of investment properties on behalf of clients. And we talk about how to choose the right property, how to choose the right tenant, and then how to set that tenancy up for success. So I hope you enjoy it and find it useful. Today's podcast is for you if you're someone who's thinking of buying a property as an investment. Um, I had a look and daft in my home this morning and there are different properties, a whole range of properties out there to rent. And my experience is that some of them will rent in a heartbeat and others will sit around for a while and be difficult to rent. So today we're joined by Claire Connolly who is my good friend and also a letting agent she also does sales, but for today, she's kindly talking to us about letting properties. And I'm thinking that, Claire, you're a really good person today to talk to, to so that in advance of a person going out with their hard-won cash to buy a property to invest, that you can give them the benefit of your expertise as someone who would be working on their behalf to rent out a property. For sure, landlords will have come to you with a property that you'll have said, yes, this is a lovely one to rent out and other properties you might have been presented with that you think, oh God, mm, this is going to be a tough one. So let's download you and let's make this as useful as possible to anyone who's thinking of buying a property as an investment. Oh, thanks, Freppin. Thanks so much for having me along. Very, very good. Um, <laughs> okay, well, obviously the idea of an investor, when he or she wants to buy a property, the idea is to increase your capital value and hopefully to have a rent that will cover your mortgage and all your costs. That's if you are using a mortgage. But we might be talking about someone who's just buying with cash. Okay. Yeah. Yes. But, but, but either, equally, whichever you are, buying sure. with cash or borrowing to buy, you want to make the figures stack up. Exactly. And that's that's your that's your whole reason behind it. I'll say to you that I'm an investor. I've got this sum of money in my hand and I can see from a glance at the my home or daft that my sum will buy me more property as in a bigger property if I'm out of town and it'll buy me less property if I buy within the town. Yes. And I'll be thinking, God, should I go ahead and buy that bigger two bed outside, you know, on the outskirts or should I go ahead and buy that smaller one bed in town? So. Are we talking about location? Is location a great thing to consider, firstly? Location is the number one. And I can, from my own clients, that the properties that I manage, mm -hmm. I would say that the, the properties that rent immediately, overnight, within a week, are the ones that are on a direct transport link. Okay. It is critical. So it's all, that location based on around a transport link is what will always rent. So if you're investing, you have, I would, and I have uh, clients in Australia, I would have directed them towards a two-bed apartment in a very rentable area, which, which has sitting on a transport link, and which I know from experience, as you rightly pointed out in the beginning there, in the opening, Brittany, will rent within a week. Okay, so Claire, when you say two beds, are you looking at two beds and two bathrooms? Ideally? Preferably, ideally, because mm -hmm. again, the, you're talking about this in the mid-20s to mid-30s, and they would always look for a main bath and an ensuite. Okay. Uh, if at all possible, I would try and, if you come up with that extra bit of, of cash, 
to invest in a, a good two bed, a good size bedrooms, two good size bedrooms, one good size ensuite. Kitchen, not so important because, uh, you know, in this day and age, we have the young, prof both prof professions, mm -hmm. both working. Mm -hmm. They're out and about. They don't have time to start cooking, coming home and cooking. Perhaps at a later stage, mm -hmm. you know, they'll move on and buy a bigger property. They'll, they'll trade upwards mm -hmm. and when they have children, etc. But usually I find, and for an investor, it's so important to know this. Mm -hmm. Mid-20s to mid-30s, they'll want to be in an area. They'll want to be in a great size apartment. As I said, the kitchen, not too important. Nice living area, good ba good bathrooms, good bedrooms. And with where they don't have to walk too far to hop onto the local, the, your local Dart or your your Lewis directly into where into their place of work. Okay. That's what's so important for an investor. They can try and think along those lines. Okay, Claire. Recent surveys showed that properties close to the Lewis or the Dart are about 26% more expensive. Do you think it's still worth doing? And most definitely, 100%. Again, as you pointed out in the beginning, you may have, you know, a property that's of lower value, but it's way out, it's not near you know, it might be on a bus route, mm -hmm. but it's still, that is not going to be too attractive. You may not have enough of a, of a market, a rental market, mm -hmm. who will be, who will want to rent in that area. So you mm -hmm. could be sitting with, you could be happy, you could have a void period for quite a few months. Okay. Who wants that? No investor wants that. They want to maximize their income. Okay. So I would most definitely say no. If it, yes, if it might be a smaller square footage, but if it's in the right location on the transport link, as you said, the Dart or the Lewis, that's what I would okay. advise to buy. And so a direct bus, quality bus corridor isn't as seductive as a Lewis or a Dart, is it? Most definitely not. Okay, all right, that's good to know. Can I ask you about parking? Yes, and again- Is that important? It is very important. Um, and it's the first thing, it, and unfortunately, I know a lot of the developments around the south side, uh, when they were built for two bed apartments, they only have one allocated parking space. Mm -hmm. And there can be really, really restrictions around the, and they're clamped quite easily. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that the, the parking is very important. Now that the, the, in the newer developments they are, they have two parking spaces per, for a two bed, or else what I find is that when young couples are coming to rent, let's say for instance, Wickham Point and Dundrum, there would be one allocated space, mm -hmm. but what they would do is we'll go back to the management company and identify another space that's not being used mm -hmm. so they will rent that out as well it is very important mm -hmm. but again if they're on the Lewis one may only need a car if they're working elsewhere and yeah. another the second could more or less hop on the Lewis okay. or in, in in some case in actual fact if they are both may just use the Lewis and may not need the parking but in general parking is and will always be the one of the first questions I'm asked when I'm renting a property right. so please bear, keep that in mind okay so let's just say then an investor is tossing up between buying um, a one-bedroomed apartment on a Lewis or a two-bedroomed not on a Lewis. With a one-bedroomed apartment, you often find a couple move in. So you can nearly get a, a two-bedroom rent sometimes from a one-bed apartment or, or the guts of. That's very true. That like I'm is thinking very true. one down in Herbert Park that uh, a mutual uh, client of ours bought recently and I think they're getting a rent for a one bedroom apartment of 2000 yes two, yes yeah. 2100 even I think isn't absolutely it? no um, and yeah no you're right in what you're saying bed. because if the two bed is not in the right location and mm -hmm. the one bed a good size one bed is in the right location is on a transport link and has all the amenities surrounding of course mm -hmm. that is going to rent for a lot more and perhaps not too far off the two bed in the 
for want of a better word, wrong location. Okay, so let's say we're happy enough now. Uh, we've identified the location and the kind of property we're going to buy. When you, as a buyer, when I go out to look at a property on behalf of a client and I know they're buying for investment, one of the first things I'll check is, has the property, is the property currently rented? Mm -hmm. Because let's say it is currently rented at a rent of 1800 euros per month, mm -hmm. then Claire, what happens if I go and buy that property <laughs> and it's already been rented at 1800 a month? Exactly, we are not going to, you're not going to be able to win market value. Yeah, so as a so, person buying this property, mm -hmm. which has been rented at 1800, you are stuck with that rent. You are, in Dublin, and well, actually most all over the main counties in Ireland now, you're stuck with that rent. Well, you're, you can go up by your 4% your RPZ. Mm -hmm. That is the, the only increase you're allowed. So that's an important point to so, consider. Absolutely. So you might have found what you think is the ideal property to buy as for investment purposes. But if it has already been rented out, you, you are restricted, even though you're the new buyer, you're restricted mm -hmm. by the rent that was charged exactly the previous landlord exactly and that's true because a lot of uh, landlords don't know that or, or investors yes. when they're buying yes. they don't look at the actual rent so it's a, they probably don't know the current legislation so mm -hmm. it's really important to that they ask their agent mm -hmm. has this property been rented in the last two years mm -hmm. because it really will affect their market rent and for a considerable mm -hmm. number of years yes that's because an important you can only consideration it by about four percent four percent four percent yeah so that's one thing is it rented already? And if so, is it rented at market rate? If it's rented at market value, well, you're in business. Yes. So how do you know if it is rented at market value? Well, you look around at comparable properties, I suppose. Exactly, exactly. Um, that's that's yeah. the only way you can yeah. actually determine exactly. Just okay. look on daft or in my home. So another thing to consider if you're buying at, at the bidding process, at the point where you're deciding you're going to buy this or not, is contents, perhaps, Claire, should a potential should an investor consider buying the contents or not, do you think? I would say yes. I would mm -hmm. most definitely say yes. Um, because an investor will have a certain amount of cash when he or she is buying this property. So obviously, if, if the contents are included, it will he, he or she is not going to have to put in the cost of, of buying all the furniture, repainting, if it's in really good condition. I, I would. I would include the contents. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just because you're, not, you're renting. You're just yeah. renting to a, to a local tenant you're not actually you know renting you're not holding it long term yeah that sounds great so like there's no reason not to take the contents unless they're awful it just means it'll save you a few shopping trips here exactly or there literally I've just closed a sale mm -hmm. and that was one of the important considerations this it was an, an older gentleman buying for his daughter mm -hmm. in 10 years time but he's renting it out at the moment. So he having the contents was hugely beneficial to him. It's really cut down on his costs. Yes, and as a cash buyer, because we're assuming a cash buyer is an investor, don't underestimate your buying power. You can say, look, I'll do the deal with you if you throw in the contents. You can, exactly. sometimes the vendor, their contents are a hassle to them. So it's no big deal exactly. for them to throw them in. So just remember, you've got a bit of a card to play there by asking for the contents. You're, you buy an apartment, but as the owner of the apartment, you are liable to pay management fee, a service charge to the, to the management company, a service yes. charge. Yes. What kind of service charges do apartments uh, I, I would say on average, again, it depends on the size yeah. of the uh, apartment you've bought, it depends on the area it's in, but on average they're about, I'd say, 
1700 to 2000 yeah and some may be over yes that, but on average around you could say maybe 2000 yeah. would be an average and usually when you've got a lift they're chunkier and when you don't have a lift in the older apartment buildings exactly they're less they're, they're exactly yeah, the, the very older seems to be the lifts and electric gates seem to drive up your service charge and they certainly do because they're what, what breaks down the most as well obviously mm. in any development so yes and as a landlord unfortunately you pay that service charge it's not one that landlords pass on to tenants. No. Other questions to ask when you're buying an apartment or to consider are, is the management company facing into any chunky structural issues? For example, mm -hmm. I was looking at a, the apartment block in Ballantyre, well, Ballantyre even I should say, <laughs> recently, and the management company, it, everything looked great, the price was great, the apartment layout was great, but then on a little further inspection it turned out the management company was facing into pyrite issues. Mm -hmm, and so they knew they had this lump of a problem coming down the track but they still weren't able to quantify how much it was going to be likely to cost to exactly, fix. Exactly. So that means when you're buying into this mess you're buying into a mess that nobody has quite put a price on how to fix. Exactly. So pyrite's one, mm -hmm. fire issues are another. And it could be even damp leaks. Damp leaks. You know, that are oh you said huge. it. And, and that, that's yeah. quite prevalent in a lot of, of uh, modern mod exactly boom bills have exactly. a lot of these issues emerging. and they really are uh, you know and having to replace water tanks in the very older developments mm -hmm. but and pyrite as you say mm. was huge again and so an investor buying now in 2018 is in a stronger position than an investor buying in 2007 most definitely and these issues haven't arisen so to some extent you're a better informed investor now without a doubt but and so then you have the building new new, the new building regulations 2014 mm -hmm. where you have to have your architect you're uh, signing off on any any build which will that's obviously trying to preempt all those awful issues mm -hmm. during the downturn when they were thrown up as we know and they weren't they weren't fully inspected or signed off so that as you yeah as you rightly say the new build yeah the regulations are so different for sure and um, so so these are probably the key important questions to ask then the rent yes uh the service charge and the parking and, and the contents the contents, the contents and the the any are, are there any structural or major issues that the management company is facing into and actually i would that's one thing i would actually make sure because the management company has to disclose or the solicitor act on behalf of the management company mm -hmm. are there any issues there mm -hmm. you know are, is there any accrued debt mm -hmm. that needs to be you know how is that debt going to be taken care mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. that's actually very important so I would delve really make sure you have all the answers if when you're buying in an apartment mm -hmm. make sure you have all the answers from the, uh, the management company yeah. before you actually go ahead as you say there could be something there that is not being disclosed so I would I would dig deep and just make sure you have all your information to hand okay and just before we leave um, that Claire uh, just in terms of location one thing I meant to ask you is you know when people say within easy walking distance of the Lewis <laughs> and I think well what is easy walking like it's easy to walk an hour but but maybe people don't want to walk an hour so what no. do you call easy walking distance I know? would say no more than 10 minutes okay right because that's what enough. your average person would say if it's longer than 10 minutes no yeah. easy walking is five to ten minutes it's yeah. practically on the door step okay um, so and you've got your contents so now um, let's say you've bought your apartment that's great uh, you made a good point there in when we talked before Claire about doing up your apartment if you're going to do any work to the apartment do you do it now or do you do it when you've got your tenants and apparently there's mm. a difference as to when you do this work in terms of 
tax. There is actually, and right. again, not many landlords or owners may be aware of that. Right. When you have your tenants, then I would look at doing the work because yeah. you are not, if you do the work, substantial refurbishment before yeah. the tenancy starts, you're not entitled to claim those expenses. Fantastic so it's, information. It's a really good point to know, yeah. to be okay. aware of. So great, that is brilliant information. So now we have, uh, we're, we're boldly going out to market mm -hmm. and we're going to find our tenant. How do we assess our tenant? What checks do we do? Again, I would say it's the, the reference checks for, well, after your initial viewing. Let's say you have five parties that you can identify that would be suitable. Mm -hmm. uh, the reference checks are critical. Mm -hmm. And you're really, when you get the best possible tenant in a property, they will, that will take care of it as much as they can, yeah. as close as possible to their own you will never have any issues. Mm -hmm. So it, the vetting of the tenants are so important. So if I just say I have three different parties that I, I'm very, that my gut tells me, I would always go with my gut as right. well. Yeah. And then follow up with the landlord reference check, uh, employer, proof of funds. Proof of funds would come after we've agreed mm -hmm. with the landlord. But I would have make sure I get all the references. Mm -hmm. And the landlord, the verbal check uh -huh. with the landlord, honestly, is again from experience because a landlord will tell you truthfully. Mm -hmm. And if you if there's any doubt, I think that there might be a little bit of doubt there. I think I would delve as much as you can, get as many answers as you can. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, if getting it's all about getting the right tenant. Mm -hmm then you will have very very few issues and you know the properties will be taken care of that's my responsibility mm -hmm. to my client to make sure that i get the best possible tenants but the reference checks are so important right they really are and it's it's particularly in this market as well because it's a, quite a challenging rental market at the moment sure and i know we i kind of jumped over there setting the rent we've we it's really useful to know how to choose our tenant but maybe i jumped ahead there we didn't quite talk about how we're going to set the rent for this property mm -hmm. we've agreed that we we don't plan to buy a property where the rent has been set already on the property okay so we're, we're, we've kind of eliminated that mistake so now we've bought a property and it's up to us to set the rent how do we go about setting the rent of our new two bed two bath apartment that we've just bought okay well again um as we just touched on earlier it's really uh, you've got to examine very close examine your comparable properties okay. around that area okay so three good comparable properties are as close as possible around the area to determine what sort of market rent the condition it's in as you say two bed two bath so uh, you compare like with like exactly as compare. much as you can yeah. like with like you have to your yes. comparables have to be as close as possible otherwise you're not you've got to compare like with like to arrive and that you will arrive then at your closest possible market rent okay and does any authority police that rent or is it just up to you to set your rent and get as much as you can kind of thing well you know the the PSRA and the, the legislation introduced in 2016 um, mm -hmm. is states that you have to there's a specific sorry I'm thinking of the form specific formula when you're um, restricted with the RPZ but mm -hmm. In general, no. Um, you just can try. You just you make sure that you have your comparable properties. But just say in the event of the following year, if it was being the rent was reassessed, mm -hmm. and it can be every year once it's after December two thousand sixteen, and you're looking, then obviously you have a specific template with your 
directory comparables that you can use. But okay. when you're literally you're setting you're setting off, you have a brand new property on the market for the first time. Mm -hmm. It's just really looking at the comparables of closest, comparing like with like. And that's for your own information, just to set it yourself. Exactly. Nobody, the government aren't going to come no, and you. No, no, they're not. The market's going to tell you really. Exactly, and it's high. only the market because yeah. at that stage, the RTB, the government don't have any. Uh, they have no role in it at that point exactly okay. yeah grant so, and you'll know whether if you've got 500 inquiries you know you've probably set it too low if you've got no inquiries you probably set it exactly, too high exactly okay the so, market will tell you yeah. immediately so you have your tenant you've done your verbal landlord checks you have done do you do a verbal work check as well i would yeah. yes now they can obviously from hr and gdpr yeah. they can only tell me that the that that uh, particular uh prospective tenant is working there for a particular length of time that's all they can tell okay. me and that's fine once okay. i know that they are there and they're in mm -hmm. a permanent position and obviously then once we know what these would all go off to my clients they're scattered all over the globe mm -hmm. and they will come back and examine the reference say okay i think i would like maybe you could just go back and ask for a bit further information from this particular party and then perhaps look for proof of funds okay i don't like taking bank statements I just prefer pay slips or perhaps a contract if mm -hmm. they're just being relocated mm -hmm. and they say they're working with the Amazon Googles, just a, a copy of the contract to show me okay. what sort of salary they're on because my landlord needs to know a client, can the bills and rent be covered comfortably? Okay, okay, great. So. Um now, without getting into too much detail mm -hmm. about the lease, because this is just for uh, someone who is buying to invest and perhaps they'll use a lawyer to make sure they've got the lease right. But yes. in general, what is the broad brushstroke about a lease? Do people tend to rent for a year at a time here? or They do, they right. do. Again, it depends on the type of client though. Mm -hmm. If it's a corporate and they're relocated, they're here normally for about two years. Right. If it's a family who are, for whatever reason, are looking for they would now normally look for longer term it could be say it could be up to five years or they okay. may they may want to rent for longer mm -hmm. it really really depends but ordinarily it's a one-year fixed lease mm -hmm. but now that is beginning to change in this market because mm -hmm. of you you're i'm sure aware of the tenancy mm -hmm. after six months tenants can, are at the right to stay in the property for an extra five and a half years so right. if, if i know for instance some of my clients i know will be back within a two year mm -hmm. so i tend now to do six months six months six months six months okay just because obviously in this market is so challenging mm -hmm. and it's very different for both tenants and landlords so i have to protect both okay so key thing to know when you're if you're buying as a first-time investor to and getting a lease set up with your tenants is that six months is a magic time exactly. in a property after six months tenants get rights to stay for up to six years in, in extra five yeah. and a half years in exactly five and a half years. exactly so, so that's just something to bear in mind it's and you can very important particularly in this market it's a very very challenging market right in ireland so yeah and leases there's a good lease that's available on topfloor.ie if you mm -hmm. just want to download a good quality lease absolutely that many agents use themselves so that's topfloor.ie and you would be well advised to have a look at the prtb site for notice periods and all the legislation exactly. that surrounds that yes. okay so a lot of people myself a long time ago included thought the job was right when we had let out the property but that's all a landlord had to do was let it out but that's not the case Claire is it there's the other aspect to it which is the, the yes the management and it's it's really you know and a lot of well, I won't say a lot but some clients who have come to me they want let only mm -hmm. and they may think they could do it remotely that they can actually work from say 
manage their property from Singapore, from New York. But it's really, really, it's just, you know, they eventually come to realize, no, they can't, that they'll need, they will need a property manager, mm -hmm. a managing agent on the ground who's there primarily to look out. If issues could arise, I mean, it, again, it depends on the age of the property, but it can be with any property, really. There could be an issue with the heating, the water, there could be, um, you know, the boiler. It could be anything so, so at any time. For sure. So when you... When you manage a property, what system do you put in place to manage it in terms of inspections? Yes, um, so I found over the years that, um, and with whatever tenants I place, if they're, if they're there, if I know they're, they're all great tenants, but some may be younger than others. Mm -hmm. um, and in the first year, if I'm unsure, I'll have a, an inspection every three months. Okay. And then as so time goes on. What happens at an inspection? An inspection I have well and I'm sure most agents would use the same, a property checklist. Yeah. With each room in the house is designated. And also the fire safety is critical. Yeah. Do they have a fire blank? Do they have a fire extinguisher? Do they have a carbon monoxide alarm? Do they have a sensor? Mm -hmm. um, is the boiler service, which has to be done on an annual basis. Mm -hmm. All these are part of the checklist now. We have because we have to make sure from fire safety, from safety from right it's my responsibility to my client to make sure that everything is covered. Mm -hmm. So we do that as part of our inspection. We make sure that everything, all rooms are checked, that there's no damage, there's no visible damp, there's no visible breakages, the carpets are okay, the flooring is okay, there's nothing on the windows, there's no damp or mold. Mm -hmm. And, and we, if there are any issues, we will note them on the checklist, mm -hmm. go back to the landlord, say, look, this is the result of our inspection. Here are the photographs. Mm -hmm. One or two issues, can we go ahead and get these looked at? Mm -hmm. So, but the inspections are so important because they really, really do, it, it just makes sure that the reassurance that the property is being well maintained and that photographs for a landlord, because as I say, most of my clients would be um, non-residents. Right. And it's very reassuring to get the photographs by email mm -hmm. and they can inspect them very easily themselves. Just blow up the photographs and say, oh gosh, thankfully there's nothing there or I see where that issue is arising. Yeah. And then they would give the go ahead. An email, that's all it takes. Yeah. It's give so the go ahead for you to repair, to, to repair it. it. But yeah. it's so important. I think you really, really do need a managing agent. It's, mm. it's just, and, and the inspections are critical. And when yeah. you're, if you're a non-resident landlord, how can you do inspections? So for sure, you know. So if you're a first-time investor, don't forget that your job is not over when you give the keys to your new tenant. You're, you'd be very wise to put a system in place where you do regular inspections. And Claire, you mentioned before, um, at the point of getting the tenant into the apartment, that you do an inventory of yes. everything. Yes. So it's the that inventory again. of. Good. Exactly, Brecon. And that is such an important document. And I've come to realise again with time how important that is. Mm. Because if there's any if there's any issue that might arise, and there are horror stories out mm -hmm. there, and you've no photographs and you've no inventory. A landlord, God forbid, thank goodness it's never happened but to personally, but horror stories where they have a property may have been a considerable amount of damage done, mm. and there's been no inventory, no photographs, nothing so to actually inventory. back it up. So the, okay. sorry, so the inventory is very, very important. And it's what is it, the inventory? So basically, it's a, a listing of absolutely everything, yeah. all items, contents in that property. Mm. And when I go to let, when I'm letting that property, at the very, very on day one, sit down with the tenants and we go through absolutely everything that's on that inventory. If there are any discrepancies, we'd make a little note of it. There might be something chipped, there might be a table scraped, 
And tenants are very much aware that they say, look, now, you know, we didn't do that. So I say, absolutely, we'll make a note of it. Yeah. We have all the photographs. Yeah. Why sign off? And they will sign off. Right. And then there is absolutely no dispute. There's no room for dispute at the end of that tenancy. Okay. Because we know what we're starting with. Okay, great. So lots of information so, and documentation. So absolutely everything in writing as well. And just on that tenants, uh, you're talking about the inventory. Um, you mentioned before, and I thought it was a very good point, that you would recommend for landlords to change the locks of any property that they buy because yes. of tenants. Of previous, te especially if it's been rented before, you never know how many sets of keys might have been given you out. You just don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, again, you hear stories where tenants, you know, somebody's coming in and collecting post, where did they get the key? Yes. So I, I would most definitely advise, most definitely advise to change the locks. It doesn't cost much. Surely. For peace of mind. And just as, uh, Claire, this has been really useful for anyone who's planning to invest, and I already have a few oh. clients that I know I'm going to send this podcast to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you mentioned before as well that at the end of a tenancy, assuming you've done everything right, you've taken good legal advice, you've looked at the PRTB, you're giving your tenants good notice, mm -hmm. um, you suggest, or you have in your contract that the tenants do a deep clean, is that right? Yes, I do. Mm. Um, again, it's thick. there's no dispute then it's they're starting off I can just a few that I've actually done the last few weeks my cleaner full team of cleaners in full deep clean carried out pristine property before the tenants move in mm -hmm. so as part of the lease I now as you say rightly point out have that clause to say that they have to have the, the property must be deep cleaned with the receipt to show proof it has been cleaned and that they give it back to me in exactly or as good as the way it was given to them two or three years ago with wear and tear the 20 percent obviously accepted but i wanted as close as possible to how it was actually given to them right so it just just ensures that they have taken care of the property when they see that in the lease mm -hmm. they know they have to take care of this property yes, yeah because it's up to them to put it right exactly so, mm. and it's as again it's my responsibility to my client i can't hand them back a property that's absolutely in appalling condition mm -hmm. it has to be pristine as, or as close as to the day that the, the tenants walked in the door. Great, Claire. Well, I think that really will have been very useful to anyone who's thinking of oh. buying a property as an investment. So I really appreciate your time and your generous sharing no, of your you're experience. You're most welcome, Bethany. My and pleasure. Claire thank is you. to be found at claireconnolly.ie. And thank you. Oh, and thank you, Bethany. My pleasure. podcast if so we'd love you to subscribe to it and tell your friends family and colleagues in the meanwhile if you think you'd benefit from some professional help with your next property transaction then head over to brefneokelly.ie to see which of our three property services might be best for you thanks for listening